So our guest today, Lori Palau, she says life is hard, but organization shouldn't be. And that is so true, right? Organization can be so hard. And why does it have to be? But I want you to listen to this podcast because one, she is an Enneagram expert while helping people to declutter and get organized. But we jump into her own story and unpacking why she gets activated and triggered in very specific ways that take her from zero to a hundred as a lot of eights experience. And she wanted to know how she can understand it and navigate it better. So stay tuned and listen what unfolds. Hey everyone, welcome back to your Enneagram Coach, the podcast. I'm Beth McCord, your Enneagram Coach, and here we desire to help you for uh, real growth, lasting change in using the Enneagram, whether it's in your personal life or your relationships. But we're also deeply committed to raising up the next generation of amazing Enneagram coaches. Now on the podcast, we're blending enlightening conversations with our guests and a coaching conversation that demonstrates to you the transformative power of Enneagram coaching. Plus, stay tuned to the very end because I'm going to pull back the curtain and reveal to you some of the things that I was thinking along the way and why I was coaching um, in a particular way or what I was thinking about. So stay tuned for that. And if you're enjoying the content and the podcast, please like, subscribe, and post a review so others can find this as well. Now, if you're passionate about guiding others with the tool of the Enneagram, then our Become an Enneagram Coach training would be perfect for you. So get a taste with our free mini course at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash mini course. But if you're just looking for personal growth, whether uh, personally, relationally, or professionally, get a certified Enneagram coach at myenneagramcoach.com. And there we have a plethora of amazing trained and certified Enneagram coaches. Now with that, I want to dive into today's episode and introduce you to a very special guest, Lori Palau. Now Lori is the author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. She also hosts the popular weekly podcast, This Organized Life, that's already had 3 million downloads and the founder of Simply Be Organized, a lifestyle company helping people to live simply and work smarter. Now, she has been publicized in Real Simple, Better Homes and Gardens, and the New York Times. She teaches, she writes, and she's actually um, helping others with clutter and the Enneagram, which I can't wait to learn more about. She also helps women in, who are in entrepreneurship. Uh, so today, I'm really excited just to kind of dive into what she's got going on, what is she passionate about, um, and also just hearing this whole Enneagram declutter thing, because I don't know about you, but I love living simply without clutter and all the things going on. And I'm a nine. So I'm like, yeah, of course I want that because I want to be stress-free. Well, Lori lives with her husband and two grownish daughters in New Hope, Pennsylvania. So Lori, I want to welcome you to this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, this is going to be super fun because I really want to hear more about um, what you do with the Enneagram and organization. So helping people to declutter, to organize, what does that even look like? Tell us more about that specifically. Okay. So I'll, I'll give the kind of the, the overarching overview and just give you a little backstory. So yeah. um, I've always been very fascinated with personality assessments and typologies. Mm -hmm. In my previous career, before I started this business, I was an executive recruiter for 15 years. So I studied okay. Meyer Briggs and all the different ones that I would apply to find out kind of what motivated people for, in my case, it was job change. And yeah. I always just love that personal relationship to say like, well, what, what prompted you to make that decision or that choice? And then fast forward, I started my business um, as a professional organizer and it's kind of grown and evolved. And um, I was introduced to the Enneagram back in probably like 2017. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was just fascinated to learn a little bit more about it. And as I begun began going down the kind of the Enneagram rabbit hole and learning more, I started to find it very interesting. 
of what really attracted me to it, I should say, was the motivation piece. Because mm-hmm. I look at clutter in my life when I'm working with clients as the symptom, not the root cause. So what's going right. on behind it? What's driving this decision to either have have clutter around you or be overscheduled with what I call calendar clutter? Or why are some people you know, drawn with like more emotional clutter and, you know, mm-hmm. guilt and all that. Um, and so that kind of behind the scenes was how I always approached working with clients. Yeah, and yeah. so when I was introduced to the Enneagram, I thought it was a wonderful compliment just because again, it talks so much about the why. Right. And as I started stu- like going down and studying, I started going, wow, I really felt like I had this light bulb moment of going, I could see some parallels. Again, it's not prescriptive, mm-hmm. but I could start to see some parallels of like, I wonder if, and almost hypothesizing, I wonder if certain types are prone to certain types of clutter or mm-hmm. if certain types yes. avoid clutter <clears throat> because of this. So I actually was at a boot camp with Suzanne Stabile. Yeah. And I went up to her and I said, is there any work out there that I can find on like organization and clutter and the Enneagram? Like I was, because I had been just, you know, reading up, like reading about the Enneagram and everything I could find was about Enneagram and relationships, Enneagram in the workplace, Enneagram and parenting, all these great applications, but nothing that was, I was looking for something that could, I could tie in with the work that I do. Right. And she's like, I don't really know anything about it. And I was like, well, that seems like an opportunity to go down this, you know, exploration. So that's something down a five-year rabbit hole for, of focus groups, research, studying all of the things to really, really learn about the Enneagram and make some connection points Yes, to add tools in your true toolkit for people mm-hmm. to start to apply specific strategies that they could, that would align. So people don't have to white knuckle. Clutter is such a stressful thing. Oh, Organization yeah. is such a stressful thing. Whether you're talking about more of the executive function of productivity and time management, or you're talking about like the tactical, physical stuff. Yeah. And so I've really taken the Enneagram framework, looking at a lot with specifically triad stances, orientation to time, and mm-hmm. looking at really how we can leverage our intelligence centers and within the nuances of the nine core types, yep. um, specifically without going super deep into tri types and subtypes and all the other things, but really yep. looking at the nine core types um, and saying, this is where my natural go to is. How can I be more intentional in the areas where? I might be a little bit weaker or I might have some more blot spots. Yeah. So, okay. So one of my favorite things when talking about the Enneagram of what it is, is to give an example with um, a clean house, pretending like everyone in the audience loves a clean house. Now, not everybody does and not everybody cares, but we're just painting the picture that everybody in the audience loves a clean house and how each type wants a perfectly clean home for different reasons. And so I walk through the, we call it the wheel, you know, walking through the symbol of all nine types and why each type would want it differently. Of course, and everyone laughs, especially when you get to their type, they're like, oh my gosh, that's like so much me, but it's (laughs) helpful because it paints why motivations are so important because people are trained or naturally see the outward behaviors of someone and they think they understand why they did it. You know, like, well, they would do it because of me. As a nine, I want an, a decluttered, organized, clean home so I can chill and relax. That's it, people. <laughs> That's what I'm. why I'm doing it. I just want to chill and relax. I don't want like it to feel like the dishes or the clutter are basically tapping me on the shoulder con- or nonstop saying, you got something to do, you got something to do, you got something to do. As a nine, I'm like, ugh, I just want to chill and relax or do what I want to do. And so it's just interesting how each of us have our own motivations and ways of seeing it. And so can you kind of give us maybe just real quick, because then we're going to jump into the the reason why you are here today and why we're going to talk, but give me an example of how this has been really beneficial, maybe for one of your clients, particularly like where you were able to unpack 
their motivation, what's going on, why they were struggling, how they got over the hurdle of clutter and disorganization. Um, absolutely. And I want to um, just go back to your um, example. My reason, I mean, I have obviously a multitude of reasons, but my initial reason for wanting a organized house is the ease of retrieval. Mm-hmm. I value time too much. And I one of my biggest pain points is wasting time looking for things. Yep. So I so for me as an Enneagram eight, that is my if I had to hierarchy, yes, the leading reason for an organism, that would be it. So yeah. and I love it because eights are on the go all the time. They're quick, they're efficient. Now a lot of people might be thinking, well that's a three. Well yeah, threes are two. They would have different motivations behind why they yes. were doing it. But the eight, it's like, no, we are going to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. I call eights um big diesel snow plows. Hey, <laughs> we've got a mission. I'm going to plow this path and you know, the healthier they are, they see the people in front like, "Hey, get behind me. I got you. Let's go." You know, they're not going to waste time like, you know, they're not just going to be like like a nine, like on the service road, having like, you know, a Sunday drive. Like, it's like, no, we have a task. Let's go for it. You know, they're passionate to get it done. So I love that painting that picture of, yeah, I want to be organized because I don't want the disorganization to hold me back. I don't want the the clutter to control me. I'm going to control the clutter. Does that feel accurate? We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90-minute sessions, and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. Um, Yeah, I think that is more of a one. Personally, oh. I think that I think that definition mm-hmm. of I don't want the I think that control piece. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's I, I do think it's more of like I don't want the clutter to stand in my way of what I need uh-huh. to do. Yeah. So just I'm gonna plow over it. I'm gonna <laughs> like plow it. I think yeah. I'm gonna plow through it. But to give you an so so to give a practical example of yeah. where I've seen this really play out, and it's actually I started using this, it just the the Enneagram gave me language. Let me just go back and say this. So I have been doing a lot of what the way I was practicing, the way I was teaching, the way I was coaching people and working with clients, Mm -hmm. I was doing it. Now the Enneagram gave me a deeper, more rich knowledge, but what it gave me above all else Mm -hmm. was it gave me language to be able to use in ways that I wasn't able to articulate before. So I have a daughter, I have two girls, and my younger one is an Enneagram four. Okay. And she's always struggled with emotional clutter. Now, mm-hmm. she is mm-hmm. very sentimental. She's very, her orientation to time is the past. She's the one that wants, everything has feelings, everything. And mm-hmm. as, and I've, way before I knew the Enneagram, this was her. And I would say, this is, like some sort of poetic justice that I am utilitarian. We don't use it, get it, you know, get rid of it. And she would hem and haw and everything. A task that would take me 10 minutes would take her 45 and it would result in yelling and tears and all these things. And what I've come to figure out as a strategy, this is again, pre-Enneagram, but then I refined it and actually applied it more intentionally with what knowledge of the Enneagram is that she needs space to process. Mm -hmm. I'm a quick processor. She has to process things 
very slowly, very intentionally, and with lots of texture. And so my organization where I can make a decision like this, she has to very differently than a six who's got to weigh all the different odds. She has to bust it in her own terms. So for me as a professional organizer, working with her as a daughter or somebody as a client that is struggling with that emotional clutter, I will hold longer space for them to go through that. Does it Mm. give them the path of saying, we're not going to get to that finish line. If our goal is we want you to declutter this closet, we're going to go through, but you may have to sit there and tell me about the concert you went to before you get rid of this. Oh yeah. Right. Where somebody else might be like, I'm not wearing it. I'm going to get rid of it. And it's very tactical, mechanical. Yeah. In a case of a four, they, they need more space to mm-hmm. go through that. That is their process because the goal is I want to empower people for this not to be something that they have to white knuckle, that they have to dread. Yes. Oh, it's time for me to declutter. It's time for, I want this to be an organic habitual thing that they're doing mm-hmm. as part of their life routine. And so if I can create, help them create a strategy that's going to lean into who they are, yep. then that's going to, that's going to be more sustainable mm-hmm. than me forcing them to be like, come on, make a decision. Are you going to wear it yep. or you're not? Right. So right. I that helps and was sure. that, I'm just curious, um, was that your typical mode of operation before kind of understanding the Enneagram? Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's I, what's so beautiful about the Enneagram, right? Like it really opens to our eyes that there are nine ways to decluttering. There's nine ways to whatever, like we see the world so differently. And if we can come alongside each person and understand their perspective, how much more we can help them, which is why we coach people that aren't just Enneagram coaches. They're using it like you right in the profession they're at, because they understand that they can tailor their help or customize their help, whether they're an HR director, manager, boss, pastor, whoever, they can tailor their message right for the people that they're working with. I'm sorry, you were going to say? No, no, no. I was going to say, yeah, I've always kind of approached it from that perspective of, I knew there was never a one size fits all approach. I just don't subscribe to that. And, but again, for me, it added depth. So I would say, okay, they're one of the biggest, uh, pitfalls, I call them the five clutter pitfalls. And one of the biggest ones is procrastination. Mm-hmm. And I would identify that. But what the Enneagram taught me was, well, there's nine different reasons why people could procrastinate. Yeah. And the reason, so we still, the end of the day, you're still procrastinating, but a nine is procrastinating for a very different reason than a six is procrastinating, than a one is procrastinating. And mm-hmm. so again, my strategy. So I was in the ballpark, yeah, right. but I was able to really like pitch it right down the middle yeah. once I learned the Enneagram, because then I was able to apply specific language that would resonate with people that have that particular core fear or motivation. Exactly. And that's why I love to use the word tailor or customize, because that's what you're doing. You know, in your field, you're tailoring, you're customizing the help that you can offer, the specialization you have for the person that's right in front of you. And I think that is so needed and so powerful for any profession. Um, And so getting to know the Enneagram on a much deeper level is so beneficial. So I'm so um, really just thankful and proud of the ongoing work that you've done to educate yourself and to integrate it right into the field that you have. Cause it's not easy. It takes time, but the leverage that you have now is so much more powerful and beneficial for each of your clients. Um, and I'm sure it's exhilarating, uh, to watch how you can benefit each client in a whole new and pretty much dramatic way. And that's how I I always tell people, I go, I have the best job in the world. Like I literally get to watch people transform right before my eyes uh, uniquely and specifically for their story and their type. And I I can imagine that's what you're doing. And the the other thing I just want to also point out is um, being a type eight, how much I'm also hearing the integration of nine. That I try. Thank you. If you hear that, yes. try, it's, 
it's it's an ongoing practice. I love nines. You guys are yeah. my favorites. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, no, but just because the eight in and of itself is like, it's black and white. This is the way. This is where we're going. Don't question me. Just follow. Like, I mm -hmm. got you. But what you've learned is, no, wait, <laughs> these people are different. They're individuals. And I want to honor who they are in the lane they are in. And I'm going to come alongside them with who they are and who they've been created to be and guide them specifically and honor them specifically. And so it means that the people that you're serving feel heard, they feel attuned to, um, and they feel, I'm sure, because I would feel this way, valued mm -hmm. instead of trying to get them to change into something that they're actually not, and they're not going to be. So it's a very nine-ish quality. And I just think that's really, and I'm not saying, oh, that's awesome. You should become like a nine. I'm just <laughs> saying you're, you're utilizing an aspect, a part of you, the wing in such a beautiful way. And, but yet staying true to yourself, like, Hey, we're going to do this. Let's go. Um, so anyway, congratulations. And I mean, it just sounds so, so intriguing. So you had, uh, said that as an eight, um, that abandonment is a real underlying theme for you in your personal life, specifically mm -hmm. with the family and that you would like to kind of work and kind of dig and pull apart, understanding how to better self-regulate yourself when you get triggered and activated. And instead of going from maybe zero to a hundred with anger or rage, how you can better love, um, how you can better serve, how you can better self-regulate with better strategies and moving forward. So can you unpack that just a little bit more? Help, help me and, yeah, and everyone else understand. And then maybe put it with an example so that we can really kind of understand, um, you know, what you're wanting or where you're wanting to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to say two things. First of all, this is like the first time I've ever been in like an Enneagram therapy session. So I'm a little like, I don't want to say I'm nervous because I'm not nervous, but this is definitely like, this is, it's exciting, but it's a little like, ah. Uh, yeah, um, your, your seven's like, this is going to be really fun. And then the they're, the eight and the seven are like, but this is really vulnerable. And is it going to be mm -hmm. painful? Like, exactly. you know, so, so thank um, you for and I will, doing yes. it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I've been in therapy for many years. So mm -hmm. I was, uh, this is nothing, this is something that I've been working on. And I would like to say I've certainly made progress, but underlying it's always, it's, it's always there, right? It's yeah. just like, I've developed strategies, but you can always improve and do better. Um, I'll never forget. I was going, um, I was at a therapy session and I live in this beautiful little river town and my therapist and I, we sometimes would do like walk and talks on the canal. And uh -huh. so it was great. We were like getting our steps and we were going for a walk and I was com complaining or ranting about my family of origin, right? My parents, my sister, where I the way I grew up. And she was like, well, how does that make you feel? This is before any Enneagram knowledge, right? This yeah. was going back. She's like, how does it make you feel? Or like, how did you feel about that? I go, I don't feel anything. I was like, I didn't feel like I legitimately was like I, feelings. Like I wasn't even talking about feelings. She's like, oh, you feel. And I was like, what? And she goes, you, your feeling is rage. <laughs> I'm angry. Like, cause she could. And I was like, yeah. oh, I guess I never thought about that. I always like likened feelings to like. Or she was like, you know, emotion, I would think of sadness and crying and what, like I was not considering anger and rage within that spectrum. And, but then I was right. like, oh, I guess you are correct about that. And that was really the first time that I mm -hmm. actually like kind of articulated it like that. Like, oh yeah, I do have an emotion about this situation. It's just not, I'm not going to sit there and cry about it. I'm just going to get angry. I'm going to get pissed. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. And so for me, um, like a lot of people, I had, I mean, I didn't have a horrible childhood. I had like a nice childhood, but there was, there was trauma, there was mm -hmm. abuse and stuff. And from a very early age, you know, I had a mom that like kind of buried her head and turned the other way and my, you know, whatever. I'm not, my parents are deceased and I, I loved them and they did the best they could with the tools they had. Right. But I felt like for me, 
I had to figure it out on my own. Like, you Mm. know what? No one's going to take care of you. You got to take care of yourself. It was like me and Jesus. That was it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I got you and I got me. But on the rest of the people on, you know, in my circle that are supposed to be there for you probably weren't. So Mm. I grew up and again, not like, oh, poor Lori, but you know, that's the narrative. And I, I can't speak for other eights, but I feel like that is probably to some extent, a through line with some of us. Mm-hmm. And fast forward, I get married and I have kids and, you know, your unresolved stuff shows up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And Absolutely. So, yeah. And so for me, I was like, if, if things didn't go the way that I want and I would try to exhibit my own definition of patience, I might go flying off the handle and be, you know, and it would, my friend, my friends, my kids might get friendly fire. I could get, be upset with my husband for something and they would be the byproduct of that, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, it wasn't like a house of horrors, (laughs) but you know, I like looking back now going, wow, like I was a lot. Like I was like, first of all, I'm a lot anyway, because I'm an eight and I'm a lot um, and I'm big in the room. And my kids are now like, mom, you were like, like scary. Like we, you know, you're, and I was like, I didn't mean to be scary. I was just like passionate. And I'm very, like you said, black and white. And like I indicated, I have a four daughter and my other daughter's a nine. Now, again, okay. we grew up in a house where we didn't know the Enneagram. So that was not a tool that we were, that was used. I wish I did have that. And my husband's a three. So you've uh-huh. got two aggressive parents. I was going to say, you guys are getting things done. You've got two aggressive parents with two mm-hmm. withdrawing stance kids. Mm-hmm. Like my poor children were like in a vortex of, you know, being barreled over between the both mm-hmm. of us. And it, again, wasn't necessarily intentional that way, but whether intentional or not, I think that's just, that was probably their reality. I don't want to speak for them, but, you know, so again, I continue to do the work to not get, you know, fly off that handle, um, but it's still underlying there. And if you ask a kind of about the abandonment thing is if things there are certain times in situations with people that are close to me, because as you know, eights don't, they, we have a very small inner circle. I know right. a lot of people. I live in a small town and I'm friendly. I run a charity, but like, I know a lot of people, but mm-hmm. my inner circle is really small. And yeah. so if I feel betrayed by somebody or let down by somebody that is in that inner circle, my immediate knee jerk is they didn't show up for me and it's mm-hmm. abandonment. And I feel like it's rooted in, you know, if you want to peel back the layers as opposed to being like, it's really not, it's not that deep as my nine would say, <laughs> <It's not that laughs> deep. but I internalize that very, very deeply. And I guess I kind of make it about me. You know what I mean? Is feeling like abandoned. And so I would love to be able to separate that and be a little bit more objective. That's a lot that I just throw at you. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it 100% makes, I mean, it just, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think, you know, one thing I like, do you have maybe a story or specific example? And, and I was going to even say, you know, maybe not just depending on, cause I mean, it's your inner circle. So maybe we should hold off on the example because <laughs> Because it's like, okay, there's only a few of them. So maybe we, we otherwise anybody under the bus, but no. <laughs> so, um, so what usually for you happens mm-hmm. when, what is the precursor? Maybe like an example of a precursor, like, Hey, you know, we're grocery shopping or whatever. Um, and then I notice something. And this is what happens in my body. Can you kind of explain mm. those kind of steps? So, okay. I, hopefully I'm answering your question because I'm not trying to like skate around. I'm just trying to think yeah. about the best way to answer it. So what somebody will say something, and I, I'm trying to think of a specific example that I can use that is like a trigger. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was, I'm always, and it's usually over something that probably at the end of the day, isn't that big of a deal. Like if the house like, could be burning down and I'm in control and I'm, I've got it. But if it's something like really benign, mm-hmm. I will, oh, I have a perfect example. I have okay. an example. Okay. So <laughs> we were hosting a block party. Uh-huh. I was hosting a block party, right? Like I was the point person. <laughs> yeah. I host a lot of events. That's my thing. Like I'm good at that. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law came out. I invited them for the block party. So they came. I'm setting up folding tables with um, plastic tablecloths on them. My brother-in-law comes up and starts telling me how to put on a tablecloth. <laughs> and I'm like, I got this. Right. And my brother-in-law is kind of like a little bit of a needler. Like I love him, but he's like a little bit and he doesn't know when to stop. And he's like one of those kind of, you know, poke the bear. And I was like, I, I've got this. Like, really. And I was already like, it was like the hour before everything. So you know if you've ever planned any event, that last oh. crunch tower, you're trying to like get everything yeah. done. And the last thing I needed was something chirping in my ear about how to do something as elementary as put that on that I could do in my sleep and like whatever. But he kept going. And for whatever reason, I was like, it, it triggered me. And I just flipped out, like flipped, like instead of just walking away, instead of going, okay, you, why don't you do it? And like laughing about it because, or I got angry and triggered and like literally had a temper tantrum, turned to my husband and said, I hate your family (laughs) went up to my office and went upstairs and put myself in a timeout. I can completely accept that that was an irrational response. And then I came down after texting my friends. I literally just had a meltdown over a tablecloth. (laughs) It was again, benign, but I just went, like I was already again tense, but this is, should not have set me off. Yeah, and yet it did. And I'm not blaming my eightness or anything like that. But that sure. response was not healthy. Well, and I think, you know, yes, because I think a lot of people out there are like I don't like the enneagram because people like you know will um, hide behind their type, you know, like, and and yes, and our type plays a huge role. And well, why... I say it's context. It's yes, context exactly. And, and it gives us a framework of what's going on and an understanding. So I talk about the Enneagram being kind of like a internal GPS. So your current location is your main Enneagram type, and you are trying to get to the healthiest destination of your type. So you, you, you need to know that. You need to know what your type is and where you're trying to head. What, what does a healthy eight look like? What does it not look like? You have to understand those things. And then we, I tell people use the Enneagram also like a rumble strip on the highway, that thing on the side of the road that when you aren't paying attention, you're texting, you knows what you're doing. You're veering off course and it alerts you, Hey, if you keep going in this direction, you're going to crash. Like this isn't going to be, this isn't going to end up well. Mm -hmm. And so the Enneagram alerts us that we are headed in that trajectory. Now, the thing is, is that most of the time people are heading in that direction. And once they kind of get there, we've ignored that warning sign so much that we don't even pay attention to it. And we're like, well, no, but this is the way I do it. Like, this is how it's done. But we don't understand the path that we're actually heading and the end result. We really think that we can come out the other side in a better way. And so the Enneagram, though, helps us to go, wait a second. No, that's not true. Because when I do this, this will happen. And so let's kind of unpack that for just a second. So we're we're at the party. You are stressed out. Now you're stressed out might be very different than any of the other nine, eight types, right? Because I would be stressed out for different reasons. The three would be stressed out, but you're putting on this event. It's the last hour. You're putting down these tablecloths and a close family member. So there you go, right? Family member that alone is an activator <laughs> is literally telling the eight what to do. Like, yes, 
Like when you said that, I was like, that alone is a no, no. <laughs> then to keep going, to keep prodding, to keep pushing, like you said, poking the bear only heightens things. So let's take a step back and let's look at this situation as if you're driving on the highway, when do you think you, whether you were aware of it or not, like kind of like, okay, this is what's going on. Cause you probably weren't. When did the rumble strip first start happening? Like if you could go back in time and you could tell yourself, Lori, this is it. It's starting. You can hear the rumble. It's a little bit. It was probably the second time. Like after I first said to him, I got this. And he continued to go. It was after the second time, because to me, it's like, I'm capable of doing this. So like, I understand because listen, I have the tendency to oftentimes interject my opinion when it is not warranted. Right. And I, so like, I'm all about like having grace for somebody. But as soon as I was like, no, I got it. Like I've done this. And he continued to recorrect what I was doing. That is when I started to. Yeah. And, <laughs> and for the eight going from driving on the lane correctly in the middle of the lane to literally going into the ditch is very quick. Right. So this is actually going to be even more. So important. true. That's so this true. No, yeah. it's it's not that the eight is worse than other types, but it, that's not what it means. It's just you as eights, there is a gut hit, a visceral reaction that happens mm -hmm. instantaneously. I tell people like, so, you know, you and I are in the gut center um, and I talk about it being like a two liter Coke. Well, the nine, we have our two liter Coke and I I tighten that lid as best I can, but life and circumstances are shaking me up inside. And I'm like, how can I get away? Because this thing's going to explode and I don't want it to like harm anyone. Right. Cause I just want peace and harmony. So I'm trying to get away. The one has the lid half on half off. So it's kind of spewing like sideways, you know, where it's like not really full force, but it's definitely like, Ooh, what's, you know, that judgment, coldness and criticism. The eight is like the two liter Coke with the lid off and people are throwing Mentos in. <laughs> and it's just instantaneously explosion, right? The combustion. <laughs> yeah. And so I want people that are listening to understand that it's not that you're sitting there going, you know what? I can really just hold this in and it's perfectly fine. The awareness of the Mentos flying in and what needs to happen in such a quick time frame, the awareness that you're going to have to have um, to whatever you want to call it, edit yourself back, correct the course. Um, all of those things have to happen so quickly because it is a visceral reaction mm -hmm. in the eight. It's also, so internally, so tell me what does your body feel like when you got to that, that moment, when he kept pushing and prodding you, what does it physically feel like? Oh, inside? I start to shake mm -hmm. my heart, my heart races. I, it's like, I can't, I got, I have tunnel vision. Like yeah. it is rage. And I immediately go to, what do you think? I'm not capable of doing this. And I remember, you know, I remember like, I, this is breadcrumbed back. Like if my husband would be like, why don't you do this with the kids? And like, they're his kids too. He could say, but I would be like, what do you think? I'm not good at my job. You know, what do you think? I'm not a good mother. Like it, it, it becomes a, I take it as a personal mm -hmm attack when it's disrespect something, i guess i wouldn't i mean maybe it is i just haven't consciously used it i just okay. feel like it, it's more of like do you feel like i'm incapable i'm inept yeah and i don't that's not and here's the thing i know there's plenty of things i'm not good at right mm -hmm. so like there's plenty of things that are not in my lane but if you yeah. criticize something that's like in my lane then i'm like what because that's you know, that I take that as a personal attack. Yeah. Okay. So that's actually so, really so, good. Is it? Because, okay. yeah, the reason is, okay, so we've kind of unpacked a little bit here. So we're on the highway, we're starting to hit the rumble strip, but there's going to be different rumble strips, meaning like the different sounds, how loud they are. You know, some are just kind of mm -hmm. like very, very low key. So this one was really loud because, and, and, and a really big deal, like the, the cliff was was much bigger than just like going off the road and it's just like all one level, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
because he was attacking, so to speak, so to correct my language if it doesn't right. feel, but attacking your um, capabilities, your knowledge, your um, your gifting, your skill sets, um, and really disrespecting what you do really well. I mean, this is your event. He, I'm sure he knows that you do these things often because he's a brother-in-law, mm-hmm. which is probably why it was more poking the bear than just if it was Susie Q down the street who was coming in and chiming in. Yes. It's like, you know, I can do this. I do this all the time. Why? And so it's an assault really on your integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't stop. So what I hear from eights usually is that because we're in the gut center, you and I and the ones for the eights, it's like there's a fire in the belly and it got ignited like kerosene literally was poured onto it and it has to be expelled quickly. Is that what it feels like for you? Yes. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, and so, and so it's kind of like that mentoic um, example as well. Mm-hmm. And so if that's actually true and it's not good or helpful, we have to think through ways to one, become quickly aware to what's going on to maybe even predict you can't predict everything. I mean, why would he come up and correct you on table class, right? Like you can't, but I think understanding the rumble strip mentality and that you're going to have to be much more attuned to what's going on and self-regulate and be self-aware much more quickly or else the fire in the belly is going to feel the need to expel and really we know that the consequences could be vast, right? Because eights are quick minded. They can be quick tongued. They're, you know, sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm just blunt. <laughs> <and honest. laughs> but, but yet yeah. you're sorry too, because re- these relationships, the ones that are actually activating you the most are your, your, your inner circle. It's your sweet right. spot. So if we take all of that, let's, let's go back and because with coaching we're real it's not me telling you what you needed to have done because that's not my life that's not my lane that's not my circumstances so let's go back you're putting the tablecloths on the brother-in-law comes up he says it once and you're thinking hey i've said my piece move on buddy and he didn't therefore the rumble strip is is going off or the you can feel the mentos being tossed in mm-hmm. what could you tell yourself now? How could you coach yourself? Oh, now? like if I, if this situation, if I, if I could do, get a, a redo. Yes. I'm like, how would you coach yourself now? Yeah. I would have, um, I would have just self, and I would have said, okay, you take it. And I would have walked away. I would have removed myself from the situation. Okay. That's what I would have done. And which I think is one option. Okay. Is that not the right option? No. <laughs> well, that's not, that is a good option. But I think we have to peel it back even more because it still happened. Like, yes, what you, the, um, so there's nothing, there's no wrong or bad here. It's explore. (laughs) It's exploring. Yeah. I'm, I'm more concerned more about your heart, your well being, And though you were able to hand off the situation to him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're the feeling of being disrespected, mm-hmm. dishonored, um, not seen for the skills that you have. Those are still there. Like you're still going to be hurt. You're still going to feel abandoned. I think is the word that you mm-hmm. use. That's that, what that's what lands on you. Mm-hmm. And I think why that's important to recognize is that that it doesn't mean the relationship is mended from how he has harmed you. Now, this is maybe a little H harm, right? This isn't a big H harm, but something happened that ignited so much within you that you, like you said, threw a tantrum, went upstairs and literally had to put yourself in a timeout. So something really activated inside your core. I do agree that 
the first step is to definitely hand off, remove yourself. Don't allow the fire to be expelled or the Mentos to be exploded everywhere. That's awesome. So yes, that is definitely a first step, but it's not the whole solution. It's not the end game. So with that being said, okay, hey, you handed it off to him. What's next? Like, how do you get from doing a great job, everything's fine to relationship is broken. You're hurt. You've been harmed in a, in a, in a small fractured way, but it really, got I was like, that seems thing. a bit extreme. I wouldn't say I was harmed, but yes, I understand. Like it's yeah, little age, little age, yeah. harm, <laughs> you know, and, and, but I mean, let's, but okay. I would have to push back. That's fine. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't like your date. Like, let's go for it. Um, I would, I would disagree because of the reaction. What is, when we usually have that kind of a reaction, it actually means something truly mattered to us, something really hurt. Um, otherwise it just, you would have, as an A, you would have been like, I don't really care what you think, you know, like. Right, right, right. So, so there's something in here that is worth really understanding, whether it was who said it, who done it, um, what it was exactly about. Maybe it wasn't even the person. Maybe it was the fact that he kept prodding this exact thing that means a lot to you. There's something right. packed in here that ignited a uh -huh. fury and really anger is usually the sub emotion to sadness or sorrow or grief. Right. So what do you think that you are really hurt, sad, grieving over? Whether it was actually him or it was just an, an umbrella something that really ignited this. I, that's, that is the million dollar question, Beth. That Good. is the million dollar question. Uh, I don't have, I don't have the answer. I don't yeah. know. I mean, and and that's actually, I just wanted to just paint the picture for you and yeah. the listeners with Enneagram coaching, mm -hmm. that this is where we get to sit because we may not find that answer today, tomorrow, right. but it is the path of understanding because as you're heading down your lane on the highway and your daughters do the exact same thing, because as much as we love our grown children or our teenage children or our young children, they know how to hit our buttons. And the same thing that was ignited with your brother-in-law could easily be ignited with any of your other members because they mean so much to you as an aide, they mean so much to you. And so I think what's, whether, we get to unpack it today, or you get to unpack it in the next month or year, whatever it is. When you get to understanding that thing that got ignited, mm. the real source of grief and pain, that's when you're going to fully understand how to navigate the lane that you're in. And you're actually going to see the rumble strip way ahead of time before you even get there. Or when you do get there, because sometimes it just surprises us, kind of like it did with this incident, that you are much better and well-equipped because you're like, I know what's happening. Like it's igniting this in me. And this is what's going to be awesome about you as well, because you're so well-versed in the Enneagram and what you do for your clients, you're going to be able to bring that nine perspective in, in and go, you know what? I wonder, I'm curious. Curiosity is amazing. I'm curious as to why my brother-in-law would even not just say it, but keep going after it like they're well that i know because he's just like, he's just uh well but maybe so but maybe he's just stir the pot you know so like I, <laughs> he's just one but of even that there's something going on within him well, of that, why he's well, doing oh, that. Well, you know what yeah, i mean yeah we need to get him on this show that's a whole yeah thing. yeah that would be like a whole because we actually do the whole thing of like the dance in the enneagram but yeah um and so I think what what's so what's more important about anything is yes, it's family. It's your small inner circle. That's what's probably going to ignite you bigger than any other person out there. I mean, For unless sure. unless someone is attacking your family, which again has to do with the family. Um, so I think the biggest thing is to unpack where are you experiencing sorrow and grief or sadness or loss? Like there's something. And that's the hard, but see there, right there, not to interrupt yeah. you, but no, I go for it. <laughs> yeah. is 
just the even thought of you saying, and I'm not saying it's not true. You're prob- you're likely spot on, but it's the thought of going sadness and grief. Like that's, yeah. those are like, that's like kryptonite. Like, I don't want to hear it like that. That's, right. you know, that is, that's like the, uh, that's like me going, um, I'd like you to confront somebody right now. And I'd like you to, you know, I know right. <laughs> So I'd like you to have a really difficult conversation yes. with somebody that could result in conflict. You know, yeah. that is something. And that I would be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. That's or one what... to do something. Can you just, just mail it in, just mail it in. Like you're right. asking me to do something that is so out of my natural comfort zone that it's yeah. like almost, I don't want to go there. Cause I don't yeah. know what that's going to, what's going to happen. Do you, do you typically lean towards the seven wing in general? You know, it's funny that you ask that because when I first learned the Enneagram, I was like, I'm an eight with an eight wing. Like Mm -hmm. I just felt so eight. I didn't really feel, and I could look back and I could see certain things through my life that had sort of seven-ish, but I don't really truly identify with a lot of seven. Mm -hmm. And I want desperately to be more not, I want to incorporate more nine into my life. Mm. Right. So like when you paid me that compliment, I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Because it is such an intentional practice for me sure. to really like lean into that. But I, I don't feel that just naturally I, I lean to either way. I feel like I'm right down the middle. Yeah. Well, and that, that can be absolutely true. Can it? Okay. I was like, is that, I don't know. That's just how, <laughs> Like there's some people like my father-in-law is one of the purest nines out there. Now I know he, he has the one wing and he has the eight wing, like they're there. We just Mm -hmm. don't see it as much. And so you have the nine wing and you have the seven wing, how much you access them, you know, varies from person to person and circumstance and situation. And when we're healthy, we're actually accessing both obviously in a healthy way. And then if we're less healthy or unhealthy again, but the reason why I'm saying that is the, the sorrow and the sadness, as you were talking about your time with your uh, therapist, mm-hmm. I think that that this all kind of culminates with the, well, like my head, my, in my brain. Are you saying because like, sevens don't in their half range of like happiness well, and not going to say well they their core feet one of their core fears is being trapped in emotional pain sadness mm, right um you know and obviously missing out on something fun um and so See, and that's and, where i think of a seven and i'm not that person right yeah because you're like i don't need to have the fun i just want to get things done I, i'm i'm ready to plow right. the path let's go for it right but and that's why it's not you don't become all of a seven right but the pain it, avoidant part, yes. Right. And the eight just wants what they want. So if if the eight wants, hey, I don't want to have to deal with this. This is where we're going. This is where we're heading. And then here I come or your therapist, you know, a coach and a therapist saying, hey, there's more to unpack here that actually sits with sadness and sorrow and grief or some, something under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Everything in you is saying, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to go there with a 10 foot pole. And that perfectly makes sense, which is why if we were to ever continue coaching sessions, I am not here to say we will unpack it today. (laughs) Like, but, but I would encourage you to explore first. Why is it so fearful? Why does it feel so uncomfortable? It's like, just like you said with me, there are so many times that I need to say hard things and hard things that I need to say are like normal everyday conversations for you as an eight. Right. Why are they so fearful for me? Why are they so big? Like, you know, even unpacking what's funny because my son does our podcast uh, production and he's looking at buying a house. And so he was, we were all looking at this one house um, that was, sounded amazing. There was lots of like, you know, it, it was going to be cheaper to do this, that, and the other. I was like, oh, this might be actually a good one. And then we realized it's too much. 
and even just saying to him, Hey, this is out of the price range. You know, I'm really sorry. Like was so hard for me at that little conversation. Cause it's like, I'm going to make someone like sad or upset. And so I paint that picture because what I'm asking you to do the steps that would help you to actually get from where you get stuck or the rage to a more self-regulated place is, mm-hmm. is going to be extremely challenging and hard, but I know you can do it. And it's, I mean, but it's important. It's important it, work that has to happen. It's absolutely important because without it, what's going to happen is you're going to be on that highway and you're going to hit the rumble strip and we all do this. So it's not just for the AIDS, but we take the steering wheel and we're like, oh, really? And we just ram it right into the ditch because mm-hmm. we're so used to doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you have the opportunity to go, oh, okay, wait, there are rumble strips in my life that I haven't necessarily paid attention to. Some I have, some I haven't. This one I haven't really paid attention to. And there's good reason. There's there's some sorrow and sadness or fear, or there, there's something underneath that I haven't wanted to notice. But if I can start to pay attention, if I can start to unpack what that is, I can start to become much more aware when it's happening and why it's happening. And I can actually self-regulate and guide myself quicker and with more grace and ease than I ever thought possible. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do it easily Uh or perfectly. A lot of times what I tell people, hey, you're going to keep going off into the ditch time and time again, but you're going to learn because you're going to go, okay, the rumble strip was there somewhere. Let me go back. Let me unpack this. Okay, let me, oh, there it was. I should have paid attention when that moment happened. And the more you keep doing that, the more you will more quickly hear the rumble strip, the more you will assess the situation and you will stay actually in a healthier lane and a healthier path. And that's really the goal. So give yourself, of course, a lot of time and grace to Mm -hmm. explore what it is that's actually really going on. That's triggering, setting you off and then see when the next time it happens, if you can't pull back a little bit, because what you said, hey, I'm just going to give it to him. Yeah, that is a way of doing it. And that's actually a good step so that you don't get upset in the moment. But again, to walk away and be able to unpack the real reason you're upset, the real reason that you're having sorrow. Well, I'd like it to just not upset me, right? Like, like, you know, so I'm putting up, that's a strategy of how to, to, actually avoid conflict, which is not my go-to, but (laughs) I would like it to not cause conflict in the first place. You know, something as benign as that, you know? And so, yes, that is, um, everything you're saying is making perfect sense. Yeah. Um, well, and like I said, in, in coaching, like we, we take one step and it's like, I feel like today, what was so fun is that here's the situation yes, you explode or yes, you have rage or yes, you have anger because something has poked the bear and that's going to keep happening. And so now you get to walk a new step, a new venture of what is really going on? Like, Mm -hmm. why did that really hurt? Um, And so thank you so much for just being so vulnerable and transparent because it really demonstrates the hard work that this is for all the night types. Because if I had any type on here, their hard work feels just the same. Um, And I think being an eight and being vulnerable is so courageous. So here's the thing though, what, and and I want to help people to know how to get in contact with you because you actually are doing the same thing that I'm doing, but with your clients, you're helping them to understand why they can't let go of that item Mm -hmm. or why are you so quickly letting go of all of these things? You know, like it could go both ways. There's so many things that you are now aware of with your clients from an Enneagram perspective that you are being mindful and taking them through. You're you're helping them see those rumble strips as well and to be aware so that when they declutter and organize that it actually fits them perfectly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can do it with ease and grace, which is which is so beautiful. So with all that being said, how can people find you and what are some things that you offer, especially around the Enneagram that they yeah. might be like, I want to know more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate that that lead in and, and certainly. Um, so my website is the best 
place to, that's like the hub for everything. So, which is simply the letter B like boy organized. And if you're watching this, you'll see it's been on the screen the whole time. Um, but it's simply beorganized.com. And then my podcast, um, because I'm great with branding, um, is, is called This Organized Life Podcast. But the reason, um, if so obviously if you're podcast listeners, you're, you're going to want to check it out. Because we, again, take a holistic approach. And that's what I love about the yes. Enneagram, because it is holistic. And there isn't a one-size-fits-all. Um, specifically, the, the application that I use, I would say, primarily with the Enneagram. Obviously, I use it in all aspects of my life. But professionally speaking, through the lens of clutter and organization, there's a lot of different things. Um, we have a, I call it, I've actually been toying around with it. It's like, a, I call it a course, but it's not really a course, but it's a, like a long workshop is really what yeah. it is. A long workshop that work walks through it gives a top line overview for newbies that aren't familiar with the Enneagram, but then sure. it goes into how does, for people that are well-versed in Enneagram, what is your, what are the three centers of intelligence have to do with how you view clutter? And then specifically, we walk through each of the nine types. We look at what their, I call them strengths and struggles are when it comes to organization, like where are your natural gifts and mm -hmm. where are some of your blind spots? And then we say, what are some practical strategies? So versus let's become aware of it and see, oh, that makes sense. Why this might be, why I'm behaving this way, or I might be responding this way. And then mm -hmm. we do some practical application on it. Um, so we've got that. We've got mini courses. So if you're like, listen, I don't need a whole thing with all of them. I just want to see, learn a little bit more about my type. You can go there. We've got tons oh, cool. of free resources. Yeah. So we've got the mini course, we've got the master thing. And then we're actually in the process of building one out because I do a lot of work with other professional organizers as you coach at other Enneagram coaches, I coach and mentor other professional organizers. And so I've been doing a lot of talks to uh, groups and organizations on how to apply this Enneagram and clutter framework with yeah. their own clients. How can they then bring this into the conversation? And so I've just been doing it live up until this point. But if you're somebody that's in this field, stay tuned and check back because we're going to be turning that into like a digital offering from the professional side of things, how you can apply wow. that. Because I that's think it's great. so useful. And for people, you know, you're you're working with with people where they're very where they are feeling vulnerable, where they oh, are yeah. feeling overwhelmed, where they are dealing with anxiety and all mm -hmm. of these things. And if you can meet somebody where they are and have a little bit of an understanding, even if you can't relate, even if I'm an eight and yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I can't relate to the 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 two feeling specifically, but I can mm -hmm. empathize and I can understand and I can apply some practical strategies that aligns with kind of what their natural default is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's spectacular and I encourage anyone to definitely go check that out. I'm like totally interested. I'm like, okay, what about my nineness? You know? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, totally check out, you know, the workshop course online. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, also just check out her podcast and her books and her work. Cause yeah. man, to be dialed in to this area, like you said, we're all so vulnerable to it. Um, this is a hard thing for all of us because life just keeps coming at us. So thank you for just putting all of that hard work into it. You are plowing a path <laughs> for us. And I really appreciate it because it's just such needed work. So um, so everyone go to Simply Be Organized and then listen to her podcast, The Organized Life. Thank you so much, Lori, for being with us today. Thanks so much, Beth. Okay, so that was super fun. I hope that you guys um, got to hear, you know, what it was like to walk someone through a specific scenario and um, something that really is impactful to them, but they can't necessarily unpack it for themselves yet. Um, and that's part of Enneagram coaching. Like we get to take one step at a time and really unpack for them what's going on. But 
it's not me. I, I don't know why she's feeling that. I don't know what's really going on, but I can definitely point out, hey, I think this is actually a much bigger deal than maybe what you're wanting to hear. And that's perfectly understandable, especially for an eight and the seven's kind of coming in there. But also, and I didn't say this on there, but now my mind's going, well, yeah, but then the nine's like, I, I don't want that because that's uncomfortable. <laughs> and then the five is like, yeah, but can we all just remain uh, reclused into ourselves here? And then the two, you know, the, the two part of her just probably doesn't want to know about the hurt and the pain and the rejection. So, and that's what we talk about here at your Enneagram coach is being your Enneagram internal profile or EIP, those parts of you, the wings and your Enneagram paths that you're connected to are parts of you and they chime in. And so uh, for Lori, you know, the eight is definitely like, hey, we are not going to allow this to control me to, um, to uh, take root, I'm going to remain in control. And so, but I, what I love is how she's unpacking it. She's willing and vulnerable to go in that direction. So for me, I wanted to definitely take steps in the direction, but there's also a thing of just being very patient and allowing the person to unpack it in their own timing and in their own way. So for me, I hope to stay in touch with Lori and to kind of hear, you know, how she's unpacked it, what she's kind of found deeper down that might be really setting something off. But I think that's for all of us, right? What is really going on and why? Usually we are seeing the things on top of the surface, the iceberg, you know, like, oh, I can see that clearly, like that bothered me or that hurt me. But why? And so keep going down until you really hit the core motivations and unpack maybe a situation, a story that really kind of ignites you and got you there. Um, but for those of you that are out there that you're like, well, obviously <laughs> I'm going to need a little help in getting from point B to or point A to point B, then please go get a certified Enneagram coach. Our coaches know the Enneagram very well, and they're going to help you to unpack what's going on and to get you from where you are to where you're wanting to go. So we, all of our certified coaches are part of our certification network uh, directory. And you can find yours at myenneagramcoach.com and really they're around the world. So find one that fits you best. But if you're also like, yeah, but I want to help someone, that is so intriguing to sit across from someone like Beth or like Lori in the lane that she is in with organization and decluttering, then get trained in the Enneagram. You can see how powerful that is in using the Enneagram, whether you're decluttering, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, you're um, an HR director, a pastor, use it right where you're at to help people to flourish with the things that you have to offer them. So to get a taste of Enneagram coaching, go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash mini course. And all of these will be in the show notes as well. Um, and we hope that you guys will just take that venture of getting coached or becoming a coach. Um, now, also, the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder because it's the gospel that transforms you. I'll see you guys next week as we dive into another episode in another coaching session with another special guest. I'll see you guys then.